You're listening to the Art of Parenting podcast. I'm your host, Jeanne-Marie Penel. My intention is to share simple tips and tricks that will make a huge difference in your life and home, as well as give you all the support and encouragement you deserve to enhance your parenting experience. I've created a safe place for us to explore the issues and concerns that matter to you, bringing you clarity and solution with Q&A sessions and inspirational conversation with world-renowned experts in a variety of fields. I'm a firm believer that parenting was never meant to be done alone, and I'm here to debunk the general consensus that it has to be hard. A warm welcome to you, and thanks for tuning in. Hello and welcome back to The Art of Parenting. This is your host, Jeanne-Marie Penel. And today I have Josephine Atlery with us, who is a mindfulness coach. And I am very excited to be speaking to her about how we can be mindful parents. Uh, so welcome, Josephine. Thank you for making the time for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited for our conversation today. So as I always like to start, um, I like my guests to define what the art of parenting is for them. Mm, that's really great. Um, so the art of parenting for me, I myself um, am a mom of seven kids, and they range in ages from 20 months to up to 16 years old. And over the years, what I've come to know is that it is like a balance of this like controlled chaos that we live in, <laughs> of which mindfulness is at the foundation that allows everything to kind of happen in this organized chaos kind of way. <laughs> I love that controlled chaos. I had to write that down. That for me is kind of the art of parenting is really trying to find ways in which to navigate our situations, but coming from this foundation of awareness and presence. Beautiful. And before we get uh, started with, with my questions, I would love for you to share with our listeners a little bit about your background and how you came to do the work that you're doing today. Yes, of course. So uh, I am a, a certified life and mindfulness coach. Uh, I am also an author of two books, um, Mindfulness Journal for Parents and 5-Minute Mindfulness for Pregnancy. I'm a host of a podcast called Responding to Life, Talking Health, Fertility, and Parenthood. And as I mentioned before, I'm a lucky mom to seven kids. They are born out of um, adoption, surrogacy, and IVF. And I speak a lot about that in articles that I write for different um, outlets. But how this all came about really goes back to that idea of living in this chaos. And uh, with the background of utilizing all these alternative methods to becoming a parent, like I really was so very excited to finally become a parent. It took many years for us. And so for me, I set aside a lot of time to really live in that space. But then when I decided to return back to work, it was finding this new way of life. And unfortunately, I wasn't too good at it. I did realize at one point, it was my aha moment of realizing that even though I was spending time with the kids, my mind was off um, to things that I had to do. And I couldn't remember 
the time that I spent with the kids. And so that led me down this path, this self-exploration into mindfulness and meditation that then fueled my desire to work in this space and to really bring it to people that I felt needed um, these tools and techniques the most, which would be people who are trying to conceive and then into their parenthood. Beautiful. And, and to me, that is such an important tool because as you say, you know, we're, we're, we might be physically present with our children or other family members, but our, our mind is racing elsewhere, which is often what we learn to do in meditation is to kind of slow those thoughts down. So that's, that's, um, beautiful to be using that in your in your parenting, and I, I would love for for us to just go deeper into that. If how you help uh, parents really um, hone in on that experience of being really present with our, their children. Mm, yes, uh, so I'd like to backtrack just a little bit. You know, I've already been sort of. Um, mentioning it here and there, but for people who are new to mindfulness, you know, it's uh, oftentimes confused or uh, associated just solely with meditation. Uh, But I describe mindfulness kind of being an umbrella under which there are many modalities that you can um, use in order to experience uh, awareness and be able to be present. And so, you know, other modalities aside from meditation would be things like journaling or breathing exercises, you know, um, movement-based exercises like yoga and things like that. Um, But really all of these uh, have in common is this idea of mindfulness or rather an awareness about everything in our space. So that can be an awareness of our body, our mind, our emotions, It can be an awareness of our environment around us and then our relationship with other people, whether that's our coworkers, our spouse, or our kids. So um, it's really being curious about what's happening and why. And that really benefits us, if you think about it, when we are parenting. You know, being curious about, well, what is my child experiencing? Why are they reacting in this way? Um, what's really happening and getting at the core of that. And that helps us, uh, as I've experienced myself and, and I've heard through my clients, it really helps us to enrich our experience with our children. It really helps us to um, get at the core of what's happening versus bringing in sort of um, experiences that have happened in the past, perhaps living off of emotions. Here, we're making an effort to be really conscious in how we communicate and interact with our kids. So that doesn't mean that we have to be calm and peaceful with our kids all the time. That's certainly not what mindfulness affords us. Really, it just goes back to that idea of focusing our attention and being aware and leading to an opportunity for presence in our lives and in our interactions with others. And what happens with this is that when we're mindful and we start to pay attention, we can really let go of a lot of the distractions 
and uh, reactions that we may be prone to. And this really helps us. I don't know about you as a parent and my and the listeners, but I get distracted by so many things in on any given day. You know, um, whether that's something happening in the house with my kids, with work, whatever it is, there's there are numerous distractions now. And when it comes to parenting, however, our kids, you know, they're vying for our attention um, against all these distractions. And so that's another reason that mindfulness is so beneficial because it allows us to be able to weed through all of that noise or that chaos and be able to distill down to all the different pieces that are in front of us that need our attention and be able to approach them separately um, and with focus and with, um, you know, with attention and uh, that provides a feeling of respect and validation for our children and trust when we're really present with them. So I've been going on and on about it, but that's really how um, mindfulness or awareness can be kind of that foundation for us as we approach our parenting. Yeah. And for me, there's, there's several things that I heard is, is one, it's, it's really also self-care because it's that awareness of sometimes what, you know, what we might need uh, and, and not letting ourselves be, you know, taken by, by the distractions when, when, when we're present, like when we're present with our children, but when we're present with ourselves, right, we're, 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 I guess, better carers for, for everyone, including ourselves. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so, so, you know, when you describe all of that, it sounds, it sounds lovely. Uh, but I can also hear my listeners go, yeah, but what do I do with that long list of to-dos, <laughs> right? What that's kind of nagging at me is like, you know, what am I going to make for dinner? What's, there's nothing in the refrigerator, you know, there's that homework to be done. I mean, there's, there, there is a constant kind of, you know, that, that, how do you call it, that mother whelm uh, or, or parent whelm, but it's, it's really where we're constantly thinking of, you know, what needs to be done to, to care for everyone. So, you know, you describing all of this awareness and being present and all that it, it sounds idyllic, but how do we realistically do it? Mm, yeah, no, that's the that's the that's the catch. <laughs> right, that's the most important question. Like, yes, this all sounds lovely, but how can we really make this accessible and approachable? Which is really how I, when I teach and when I write, that is um, vantage point that I'm coming from. I'm coming from this mom who has all these kids and I need it to be realistic for myself, but also for other people that I'm speaking to. Right. So um, one of the things that has been interesting for me is to try to use, utilize transitions. Now it can be really hard to fit in one other thing into our lives, right? We all know that we're supposed to be doing X, Y, Z for our health and wellness, um, for our parenting, for our families, but it's a whole other story when you already have a very jam-packed schedule and the idea of adding on a new habit seems daunting. Um, so, you know, I'll bring up the idea of utilizing transitions. And then another one is uh, to attach it to an existing habit. Uh, so that with the first one, you know, transitions, we all go through 
moments in our day where they're just natural transitions to different things. So whether you are moving the kids from home to school, and then you're once you've dropped them off, then you're transitioning to whatever it is that you have next, right? When you are moving from dinner to bedtime or, you know, putting the kids to sleep, then to your evening routine, there are all these little transitions that we have. And if you go come from the perspective and the mindset of, I will utilize at least one transition in the day to weave in a moment of awareness and mindfulness, then that can be a really less stressful way of finding the time because it's really coming down to finding the time, right? So if you commit to like saying, you know, every transition at nighttime, that's when that's when this is going to happen. And the beauty of utilizing like mindfulness, when any of those different strategies that, that I mentioned before, is that it doesn't have to be this really long drawn out process. Sure, there is so much re- research out there that if you're able to commit to like 30 minutes a day to an hour, that it significantly changes the structure of your gray matter, of your brain. Um, But you're still receiving benefits if you can squeeze in a minute or two a day. You'll start to see benefits in yourself and how you're able to how you're able to approach stressful situations. But then it'll trickle down into what you experience with your family and how they experience their interactions with you. So, so let me uh, get this, uh, understand this better. When you're saying to utilize a transitional moment in your day, so you know you were giving the example, for example, from dinner time to bedtime. You're suggesting that we are able to have a moment of self-reflection at this point where maybe we can sit down and have a quiet moment or journal or things like that. Is that what I'm understanding? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Okay. You know, if you can't sit down to journal, that's totally fine. It can be a moment where you do a one minute breathing exercise where you're just watching your breath or you're really extending your exhale or you're just having a moment of reflection like you mentioned. But that moment of reflection is your moment to really be aware of like, okay, well, what happened just now in dinner time? Um, are there any things that I sort of need to file away as something to return back to? How am I feeling in this moment? You know, just being aware, maybe not even going to the next step of addressing it and doing something about it, but even just realizing like, yes, and acknowledging, okay, you know, in this moment, I feel really exhausted or I feel this pain in my body, that is still beneficial for you in the long run because what you're doing is you're setting up these neural pathways for practicing being aware of yourself, right? And then hopefully the idea is over time that you, your body, your mind really has become so attuned to being able to pick up on these moments of awareness and that it just becomes that much easier when you find yourself in a stressful situation or when you sit down to actually dedicate maybe three minutes, you're really able to get into it and get the most out of it. So um, that's what I meant. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So it's really, it's, it's, it sounds to me like being uh, intentional about pausing 
right? Of, of that you're not like running from one thing to the other. Uh, and, and it's interesting that you mentioned transition because I know with, with parents that I've worked with, you know, I often get the, the kind of not complaint, but this, this, you know, situation where they're, you know, maybe working outside of the home and they come home for, you know, what I call our second full-time job. Uh, and they have kind of no, no time to, you know, pause and ward off the day and such. And they're, they're just kind of coming into their, their home. And I've often said like, you know, just take a walk around the block before turning the key into your home. Like the, you, you, you're, you're allowed to take a, a, you know, a, a break for yourself. Like it doesn't have to be, you know, two hours at the gym or whatever, it, you know, that might be ideal, but it can also be just even sitting in your car and, and listening to, to a meditation or just, or just sitting quietly and breathing or, or whatever that might be. So I like that notion that, you know, in those little, moments throughout the day to, you know, to, yes, you know, put your hand on your heart and, and breathe. Like that's, that's all it can take. So uh, beautiful. Thank you for that. Yeah. Yes. No, exactly. I'm a huge proponent of taking a pause in our day and you're right. Like when you think about those transitions, we feel so rushed to go to the next thing, but we do have that moment where it's, it's moving to the next thing. And just like with our breath, there is that little pause we move from the inhale to the exhale. And so you can think of it like that. Like, yes, I can give myself a minute or two or three or whatever it is before I move on to the next thing or before I step foot into this door and then chaos will hit me. You're much better suited to handle all of that if you've taken a moment to just center yourself, to bring yourself a moment of calm, whatever it is. Yeah. And, and uh, I'll have to add, I know that one time I was, I don't know, probably complaining to, to someone, it was actually my chiropractor at the time. And he was, you know, telling me about some new habit I had to, to, to do to take care of better to care of myself. And I said, but I don't have time. And he said, you will never have time if you don't take it. Mm, yes. I love that. You know, so it's really, it's, it's really about being intentional of like, this is important. I'm going to take the time to do this. And I think that that's really a, an important mindset shift of, of like, you own your time. Like you, we all have the same amount of time. It's just what we decide to do with it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so you, you mentioned something about also attaching it to another habit. What, what does that look like? Yes, right. So uh, transitions, that was one example of how you can realistically weave this into your busy lives, right? Uh, another thing that I found to be helpful is to attach it to an existing uh, habit that you already have. So for example, you know, we all have our morning routines or our evening routines for ourselves, not our kiddos, but um, that can look like in the morning, I always do X, Y, Z. And maybe brushing teeth is in one of the either X, Y, or Z, right? So what then what you would do is you would attach um, this mindfulness activity that you decide to do. Let's say it's a breathing exercise after every time you brush your teeth and you will not move on to the next thing until you've done that. But you know you always brush your teeth. Like that is just something so very consistent for you. So this is a great way to begin to add 
in and work in a new habit without making it um, too daunting, not realistic. You know, if you say, oh, I'll do it every time at like four o'clock, well, things happen at four o'clock that can get changed in your schedule. But if you say that it's tied to something that you already do and that, you know, kind of isn't time dependent, um, isn't as strict, but you know, you already do it while you're setting your environment up for success that way. Um, and what, you know, research has shown is that when adding on new habits, really what's important, um, is the environment that you set it up, uh, for yourself. So that can be one thing to do. You can also do it on the flip side at night, like when you're brushing your teeth or washing your face, whatever it is, um, adding it onto there. And that hopefully will be something that um, can be consistent for you because it's already embedded into your routine. Hmm. Lovely. And so um, just with the, the fact that you have seven children at home, do you do you do like some mindfulness practice with them? Like, do you do you teach uh, your children to take a pause? I do. So, you know. It looks very different with the various age groups. So I have a 16-year-old, and then I have 14-year-old twins, and then I have 7-year-old twins, and then the little ones. So the little ones, they're a little too young for that right now. But the 7-year-olds, you know, I started with them uh, introducing sort of these ideas probably when they were 5. Uh, and that what back then what that looked like is when they were having these moments of really big emotions would just model for them. Uh, that I was um, deep breathing with them, or perhaps I was giving them a hug and just showing them, physically showing them because they could feel my breathing, like the pattern in which I was doing it um, and just holding space for them in this very calm way um, rather than trying to like engage with words and all these things that they probably weren't going to really be attuned to in this moment of emotion. Um, and then it also looked like having uh, the conversation that, okay, well, I have to go. Mommy needs to go and meditate. I need a few minutes to myself to um, take care of myself. So just already having that language for them and knowing that this is that this is okay and that this is a part of how we take care of ourselves. This is um, what we should be doing. And and then they would see me meditate and they would just sort of sit and wait for me if they needed a question. So that was just part of their environment and that didn't really require for them to do anything yet. Right. You're just model, you're just modeling it. Yeah. And, sh- and exposing them to it. And then, you know, as they grew up, as they became older, then it would be things like, okay, before bedtime, tell us something like we used to do this at dinner when we had opportunities to all get together. Tell me something that you're grateful for. And then it just sort of warped into bedtime routines when I would say goodnight to everyone. As I'm saying goodnight to each person, I just make sure to ask them what they're grateful for. So that became another thing for them to sort of tune into. It's an awareness of, of gratitude, which can be a really beneficial mindfulness exercise. Uh, and so, you know, there were little moments where I can do it that didn't require them me to say, okay, you know, everyone, let's go sit down and do like a 30 minute meditation and all this stuff. And, you know, it wasn't, um, it was just sort of blanketed and not, uh, addressed to their particular 
needs and to their age based off of what they can really understand and grasp. Um, and so now, you know, like with the seven-year-olds, when they are having a tough time with, say, like their Legos or their homework, um, that's our opportunity to practice. Hey, remember when we did that breathing exercise the other time? This is when we use it. I'm going to do this right now, and then hopefully you can do it too. And, you know, a mom win for me, a mindfulness mom teacher win for me is when I'll see them just doing it on their own. Um, that that was my that was my next question is the, have you have you witnessed that you know like especially with your teenagers are they able to kind of anticipate and and self regulate and just and just take good care of themselves right yeah i mean i obviously wish it would happen more but i am really happy when um like my eldest uh who's now in high school is able to utilize these techniques when he's getting really stressed out about an upcoming test or perhaps some social interactions and things like that. And I'll check in with him and, you know, he'll say, yeah, I do. I use that. Or um, sometimes in very extreme situations, he'll ask me, can you just sit with me? And can we just, can we turn on an app and meditate? Cause he was just feeling very um, overwhelmed. So those are moments where I'm really happy that he, they are starting to tune into their personal awareness because um, it's so critical and not really something we're taught, right? Um, not at all. Not at all. And I, I, that was actually my next question is like, do you do interventions in schools or, or anything? Because I know it would be so, so useful if you know, children and teachers had access to these tools. Yes. Yeah. No, I have taught um, at, um, I've, you know, been hired to come out to some high schools, um, some elementary schools, and my own, the all of my kids own schools as well, um, where I'll teach not just the kids, but also the parents, sometimes the faculty. And then I also do um, some um volunteer work with an organization that helps um, underserved girls, um, you know, explore characters um, that are empowering. And one of those characters is being aware of oneself, you know? Uh, and so I'm able to reach out and teach them, which is so amazing because uh, then they're able to bring it into their own families and their communities. And hopefully that sort of just spreads out that way. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, so you you did mention the you know to for those who are wanting to bring more you know mindfulness to their daily life, this idea of of utilizing the moments in our days of transitions, and then maybe adding on to an existing habit, you know, such as brushing our teeth or or such. Is there any? Um, do you have any other uh, tools like that? Yeah, you know, I love, so I mentioned journaling is great. Uh, that does take some time. One, you know, there are many hacks that, <laughs> that I need for survival here. Um, so one thing, if you can't sit down with a pen and a book, um, is to uh, utilize the, the vo voice memo that we have on our phones. Yes. Um, so I like to create notes and you can have one already set. That's just like kind of like a journaling one where you can just write a um, voice memo in the moment, like what you're feeling. And it's just an interesting way to, it gives you a moment where you're pausing and really tapping in and understanding, well, this is how I'm feeling. If you have even 
um, like 30 seconds more, then you can um, do a voice memo as to why you think you're feeling that way, sort of identifying your triggers. And then if you have even a little bit more time, then you can leave in um, an affirmation right, that you use to sort of um, balance out whatever it was that was happening in the moment. Because oftentimes when we're in these stressful situations, you know, our inner critic can become very loud and can start to judge us and impart very negative messages to us. So if you're in a situation where that's what's happening as you're sort of doing your voice journal, um, you can utilize the mindfulness technique of affirmations. So for example, um, you could say something as simple as, um, like for my name, I would use Josephine. Josephine, you are an amazing parent. Or Josephine, you are doing the best that you can. So just sort of uplifting messages that you want to hear. Uh, maybe you don't buy into it right now, but you're aspiring to it. And just little reminders that you're you're on the track of like doing the best that you can or whatever it is that you're saying to yourself. And the beauty of this is that as I mentioned, we all have this inner critic inside, and that's just sort of innate in how we evolved. Because you know, back then, at the very beginning stages of evolution, we were constantly searching for um, things that would endanger our lives. So we were constantly looking out for negative things. But what has happened uh, over time and how we've evolved is that, okay, we're not warding off tigers, but now these threats to our well-being are something as innocuous as an email or, you know, um, an interaction with someone on the phone. And so then, you know, we still have this negative chatter in our brain. Um, but now it's sort of turned to us. And what's important with mindfulness is really tuning in to what's happening, not, not just physically or emotionally, but also what's happening in our minds with our thoughts. And so this, you know, building up awareness and mindfulness um, allows us to really check ourselves and to then insert something like an affirmation that um, creates a conversation in their head and gives it something else to hold on to and think about. Like, okay, my mind just said this, but let's, you know, let's challenge that. How about I say, you know, no, I'm not a bad parent. I've been doing like X, Y, Z. I'm doing great right now. Um, and just constantly doing reminders for yourself in that manner. And those are all moments of awareness uh, or of being mindful of ourselves. And the beauty of that, like I mentioned before, is the more we practice it, the easier it becomes to do and to pull out in stressful moments. And the, the greater it is that we're building these, you know, these neural pathways in our brain to, um, to be able to utilize them regularly. Right. Oh, and, and as you were, you were talking, I, I, for one, one affirmation that I learned recently is just, I am safe. I am safe and, and, you know, fill in the blank, but it's just this, this notion, like you were talking about, you know, we're, we're, we're in the survival mode, but there, there are no like physical threats. There's no tiger that's going to, you know, jump out of behind, behind a bush. So it's, it's a, you know, it, it is safe for me to feel this way, or it is safe for me to, you know, 
do do whatever or feel whatever. And then the other thing is, um, I remember, and I and I forget where where this came from, but it was to give a name to your inner critic, mm. like you know, so. I don't know, you know, I don't want, I don't want to offend anybody by using a name, but let's say my inner critic is, is Wendy, you know, and it's like, oh, thank you for that feedback, Wendy. But, um, you know, I, I'm not going to pay attention to that right now. <laughs> so that you're just like, you know, because we are having conversations in, in our mind with our inner critics. So like, give her a name and let her know that, you know, I'm not interested in your feedback right now. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, I thought that was fun. Um, well, this has been delightful. Uh, thank you. Thank you for all of this um, good advice for, for parents to, to, I think for me, it's just, you know, slowing down, taking a pause and, and being aware of, of everything, of our senses, of our uh, surrounding and such. So, so beautiful. Thank you. Um, and, and as we wrap up, I would like to ask a more personal question, if I may. Sure. So I know that your, and I was actually uh, reading an article before we we got on this call that your, um, you know, fertility journey and parenting journey was was kind of long and arduous and and drawn out. But if you were to go back, so you said your eldest is is sixteen. If you were to go back when you were in that moment of. Uh, expecting. So, you know, and I don't know, I know you've had uh, adoptions and surrogacy and, and so forth. But if you if you were to go back before that first child, what wise words would you tell yourself today, knowing all that you know? Mm, mm-hmm. That's such a great question. I love moments of reflection like this. Um, I feel like I, I have learned so much and and definitely with each um, different path to parenthood that we that we took I guess I would you know when I uh, write and I speak to and I work with clients who are trying to get pregnant I often tell them that um, that their struggles um, don't define them as a, as a person as a potential parent. And I feel like that can be the same, especially as we were just discussing affirmations, that could be something that we carry over into once we do become parents, that those moments of struggle that we'll go through, whether the kids are, when they're you know toddlers, and then all the way up into the teenage and adult years for our kids, will have so many moments of struggle and it can feel like it is so embedded in how we've um, interacted with them and raised them, you know, all the choices that we've made and all these things. Um, so, you know, my words of wisdom to myself back then would just be to really expand that notion that those moments, those hard moments don't define us, but um, it's the way in which we navigate the entire sort of experience, um, the choices that we make, the um, the way we show up authentically, is really that's, um, and you know the feelings that we leave with those other people, the idea that they have of us um, and how we were there for them, 
that really for me is what um, makes like this full tapestry of my parenthood. So that would be something that I would use as a reminder for myself and tell that um, very young person who was so, um, so keen on becoming a parent. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you. Um, any parting words that you would like to leave our listeners with today? Yeah, I, you know, I was mentioning a lot about breathing techniques. I just want, uh, would love for the listeners to give it a try. You know, the next time they have a moment of transition, the next time that they um, perhaps want to give it a shot to adding it to an existing habit would be to, you know, just take in a regular breath through your nose, through your mouth, but as you exhale, just allowing yourself to really make it as long and slow as possible. So uh, just really blowing it out very slowly. And that moment um, of that extended exhale gives you a chance to almost visualize or feel like you're letting go of whatever is burdening you in that moment, whatever doesn't need to be carried anymore, maybe even just for that moment. So giving yourself the gift of that, um, of that breath, of that very mindful breath, of that extended exhale, I think you'll find it to be very therapeutic um, and helpful. Beautiful. Thank you. Just you describing it, I was very peaceful. So thank you. Wonderful. Well, thank you, Josephine, for making the time to be with us today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. Uh, And if anyone wants to give um, my mindfulness journal for parents a try, you can get it on Amazon. I do also offer an online course, uh, which you can find on my website, jayatlery.com. And um, that kind of just gives you a helpful hand if you feel nervous about just diving into this whole new world of mindfulness on your own. You know, there are videos and things like that that you can watch to really guide you through the whole experience. Perfect. Thank you. And I will have all those links in the show notes as well. So thank you. Thank you for, for all of your wisdom today. I appreciated the time. Thank you so much. Have you been searching for the owner's manual to your child, or did you just misplace it? Are you tired of trying to figure out this whole parenting puzzle, not knowing what to do when it comes to tantrums, hitting or biting, sibling rivalry, potty training, proper sleep habits, or just plain wanting a better relationship with your child? You know, I've been at this for a while now and wanted to share my own parenting manual. It's called The Parenting School, and I've created it with you in mind. Give your child and yourself the gift of mindful parenting in just a few short weeks and discover all the tools you'll ever need to parent without losing your patience, giving in, or worrying that you're messing up. If you're yearning to be more patient and present with your child while finding balance in your own life, then you already know that you need effective parenting tools and ongoing support. You know you weren't meant to be raising children alone. And you probably already know that having the right parenting tools during moments of conflict is the key to staying grounded, responding with empathy, and strengthening your parent-child relationship. 
You've probably sensed that you'd be a more confident parent if you had a like-minded community supporting and encouraging you. Your skills have gotten you this far, but most days you still feel like you're making it up as you go. So here's what I've got for you. Reliable parenting principles that will allow you to finally set boundaries you can confidently uphold, communicate effectively with your child, declutter your home to enhance your child's independence, learning, and family harmony, and find more time to do the things you love. This is what the parenting school is all about. During this digital parenting course, you'll get weekly modules with lessons focused on key areas to get you where you want to be. These modules come packed full of video tutorials, journal prompts, actionable activities, expert interviews, and more, as well as weekly Lifeline group mentoring calls where I answer your questions personally, plus a virtual village with like-minded parents supporting each other during this deep-dive parenting intensive. I'll also include some extra special bonuses to keep you inspired and motivated along the way. So if this sounds too good to be true and you're ready to up-level your parenting skills as well as your family's well-being, head on over to The Parenting School at voilamontessori.com slash TPS dash enroll. That's TPS for The Parenting School dash enroll. To learn more about the, all the benefits of this fabulous interactive digital course I've created just for you. And by the way, I've also added the link in the show notes for you. Looking forward to supporting you and your family. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Art of Parenting podcast. And if you did, please share it with your loved ones and make sure to leave a review so it can get heard by many more. And remember, if you've got a question, let me know. I'm here for you. Till next time.